All right, hello everyone. Welcome to another Chat and Learn here with Power to Fly. My name is Mariella and I'm super excited, as usual, to jump into some amazing conversation with you all. I had a brief uh, chance to talk with our guest speaker offline, Mandy, uh, and I'm super excited to introduce her to you all. You have submitted some great questions offline. If you're just joining us, feel free to write in the chat box where you're calling from um, and then anything specific about your journey so that we can really dive into these questions here. Um, we really want to maximize this time. And I just want to start by saying thank you to everyone who's joining us for the hour. There are a lot of crazy things going on in the world, so I really do value your presence. Um, with that said, I know that we live in a world where everyone is multitasking all the time, um, but I really invite you to be present with us so that we can make this a two-way street um, and we don't just speak at you, we wanna speak with you. With that said, uh, I've muted everyone upon entrance just to avoid any background noise so we can hear clearly, but I, I will sound like a broken record by the end of this chat. I wanna hear from you, so feel free to turn, uh, turn your microphones on turn your cameras on. We believe in visibility. We want to hear from you. Um, if anything uh, is, an, is, if you'd like anything to be kept sensitive and anonymous, please write to me. You can find me in the chat box under Mariella and I will flag that to our guest speaker. Uh, the last thing that I'll say is that this is being recorded. Um, so, you know, again, we value your presence. You can rewatch this video on Power to Fly and then you can take notes from there. Um, and if you do come off of me, we will be featuring you in our live recording. Um, so with that said, let's jump right into meeting our guest speaker who was rushing from a previous job to come and speak yeah. with us today. I really love that she's practicing what she's preaching. So Mandy, can you tell us a little bit about yourself, how you came to know about Power to Fly and what you're excited to share with us today? Okay, yeah, sure. So my name's Mandy. I'm a branding photographer and social media strategist. Um, I live just north of Seattle, Washington. Um, I've been at it for a little over a decade. I started with wedding photography and and I still do that a little bit too, but I just realized that I love so much living vicariously through other people's journeys, like self-made entrepreneur, girl boss type folks. I just love so much being a part of that energy. So that's what kind of just like really drew me to that. That's when, what, where I really thrive. <laughs> and I found out about Power to Fly through my friend Candice at Moon Honey Media. She actually um, did a little PRing for me and reached out. <laughs> Yes, I just interviewed her um, last week and she was mentioning that you were going to speak and I've interviewed her about three times. She has so much knowledge to share. I also invite folks to rewatch her chats that she's done. And Mandy, I'm so happy to have you here to drop knowledge today. Um, with that said, we are pretty oh, global yes. community right now, uh, joining from all over. So uh, I'm just going to shout out where you all have uh, written in the chat box where you're calling from so that we can see that, you know, you have submitted some great questions offline. Um, and we want to, you know, take this hour to walk through those questions. Um, and then, you know, if you feel like you want to dive in more, if you had a dream last night and something just comes to you now and you want to share, please feel free to do so. So I'm calling from Argentina. Uh, Mandy is just outside of Seattle. We've got folks calling from Guatemala, New York, uh, Kansas. We've got, where else here? Washington, D.C., North Carolina, South Africa. Awesome. So if you're just joining us, go ahead and write in the chat box where you're calling from so we can shout you out. Um, and then again, we're going to take these questions one by one. You're going to see that these, this hour is going to fly by. So I will let everyone know we've got about 10 minutes left um, so that if you didn't uh, hop off mute yet, you can have your chance to shine. Uh, but with that said, oh, I see you, Atlanta, Atlanta, the UK. Awesome. Boston, Massachusetts. Great. So Mandy, as you see, we are here. We want to learn from you. We want to, you know, share this global information so that we can, uh, you know, be more empowered. Um, and so let's just jump right into this first question. So how do you okay. overcome your fears and stay focused on the goals ahead? I'm actually so excited about this question because these are all things that I've had to overcome myself. Um, but this one is a big one because I think people look at fear as something to conquer, like something to overcome and move past one day. But I'm telling you now that that's never going to happen. You just have to accept that literally everyone gets nervous and feels a little stupid sometimes. Everyone, everyone that you look up to, everyone feels like a little bit dumb and a little bit like an imposter sometimes. So just accept that and move forward with that. It's fine. It's natural. The only people who don't experience that are psychopaths. <laughs> like, do you want to be a hundred percent fearless? No, <laughs> we need our fear to keep us safe. <laughs> Absolutely. And just taking the perfectionism out of the equation, right? Knowing that we are perfectly imperfect. 
uh, <laughs> and to and to allow our fears to enable us and, and, and not to lock us up. I love that you're, you're starting that way. So um, I will say if this is your question and you want to hop in a little more, feel free to do so either in the chat box or you can hop off of mute. Um, and then just so that we know, you know, where you are in your journeys, uh, it would be nice if you can write in the chat box you know, where you are in your journey, what specific, you know, phase you're in, what you're looking forward to, what you're happy you just got over so that Mandy can really dive into some of these questions a little more as we go through them. Okay, so let's go to this next question, Mandy. How do I know if I have imposter syndrome or if I'm an actual fraud? Hmm, that's a good question. <laughs> I think that you know that you're, I think if you are a fraud, you know that you are a fraud. Like, you know that you have insidious intentions and you're trying to mislead people. But I think if you have genuine intentions, just share what you know. Everybody that you meet knows something that you do not know. And that's the same for yourself. You have so much knowledge that other you think that everybody knows it because you're so used to knowing these things, but you don't. So just put yourself out there. Always be like one step ahead of your comfort level and you'll surprise people and you'll surprise yourself. You're not a fraud. You're just... It just feels like that for everybody, I promise, <laughs> especially as women. Absolutely. Okay, so um, thank you, Sarah, for writing here in, in the chat box. And I'm going to invite everyone else to do the same to follow suit. So Sarah here is uh, seeking new employment. So imposter syndrome gets real when reading job postings, applying, and hopefully getting interviews, fingers crossed. Great. Thank you for letting, know, letting us know about your journey here. Um, I actually have a couple of more comments that I'm going to reach out before we go to the next one, uh, next slide. So uh, we have a, um, a statement here. I used to be fearless with no problem. I'm 41 and I have been a chef, have done accounting, all well. But I've always wanted to do software engineering and after a decade, I'm actually doing it. But I now struggle with imposter syndrome. Thank you so much for sharing that about yourself. Um, and Maria here uh, writes, this is my question. Uh, I know I'm good at what I do, but I'm always second doubting uh, and trying to get every single detail figured out before I dive in. When do I know I'm taking it too far and when I'm just doing my due diligence? Okay, that's a really good one. So the first thing that I wanna say is done is better than perfect. And perfectionism is just fear in disguise. So it's hard because in our culture, it's just disguised as a virtue. It's something that we um, put on our, like say in a job interview as our pretend flaw, that's not really a flaw that makes us look kind of good. But when I hear people say I'm a perfectionist, all I hear is they're afraid to take a chance or they're afraid to make a mistake. And if you spend your whole life being afraid that it's going to be imperfect and let that stop you or be afraid to make a mistake and let that stop you, then you're not going to learn from your mistakes and you're not going to, you're just not going to get anywhere. Absolutely. So we've got some folks here writing uh, where they are in their journey. So I'm just going to flag these so that as we answer these questions, you can, you can kind of flag and, and dive in deeper here. So I'm a software developer and tech is always changing, especially looking for work now. I feel I should be honest with what I know and don't know, even if it may seem I'm underselling myself. I'd rather tell someone I cannot do something than say I can and fail at what I said I could do. I have some thoughts about that. I'd love to hear what you say, Mandy. Um, and I'm also just gonna read a couple more here so we could just take them all together and then move on here to the next questions. Um, let's see, I'm transitioning into software engineering from a liberal arts background. You can do it. Uh, software is a skill and any skill can be learned. You got this. Thank you, Jennifer, for, for encouraging uh, our other callers here. Um, Jess here writes, instead of going to university, I've done multiple internships and worked with companies for free, but I want to go full time and get paid work, but I'm scared because I feel like without a degree, since it's always on every application, whether through a site or otherwise. Um, great. So Mandy, I'm going to toss those uh, current journeys there your way so that you can just kind of, you know, put that in your pipe and smoke it as we go through some of these questions here. Okay. <laughs> uh, did you want to comment on anything before we move on? Um, I feel like there's so many good ones. And every time you read a new one, I have like my brain <laughs> answers that one. Um, I feel like with a degree, I don't have a degree. I have a high school education, but I've spent, we have all of the information available at our fingertips. And that's something that no generation has had before us. Um, so just like, I think that experience is a lot more important than 
a certificate. And I think that employers will see that. Yeah, absolutely. Okay. Absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> I threw I threw a lot your way. So feel free to comment on on more. If you want. And then also if, if any of you who just wrote in the chat box want to take yourselves off of mute, uh, I give you the power to do so as well. Um, but yes, Mandy, I love that you bring that up because especially now I'm and I, I feel like I speak a lot about emotional intelligence in the workplace and at home. And I find that not a lot of that is taught in schools. And so we have this, you know, no. the, institution of the institution of education teaching us how to kind of bury that within us. And then we're in the workforce and we don't know how to, how to approach, uh, you know, balance or, you know, knowing that we don't need to know everything in order to do something. Um, one of the things I, I, I realized while working at Power to Fly is that there have been studies that actually approach this one um, statement that someone wrote here in the chat, that women are more than likely to not apply if they don't have 100% of the qualifications, right? And I see some of you shaking your heads. Um, and so yeah. the, the response to that would be, you know, apply anyway and see what happens. You're not lying. Uh, you're not trying to show that you can do something when you can't do. Mandy, I'd love to hear your response to that as well, just as far as experience versus degree is concerned. Mm -hmm. oh, I oh, did I disappear? Okay. <laughs> I, um, I was also going to say men are a lot more likely to ask for more money or ask for a raise than women are, like statistically. Absolutely. Absolutely. Okay, so we've got the chat box blowing up. Uh, I'm gonna move to this question here on the Ooh. screen and then dive into some of these questions in the chat box. So any tips for how I can identify my own why? Uh, I feel as though this can change a lot at different stages throughout life. Sorry, I'm asking my boyfriend for my phone chart. Okay. How <laughs> um, can I do? Okay. Um. So I'd say just, Think about, especially if you're an entrepreneur, think about um, what you sell to people or what you give to people outside of what the, the literal service or product is. You know what I mean? So like if you are a makeup artist and you give women confidence or you give women the opportunity to feel like pampered and unstoppable for a day, um, if you make cupcakes, give people, you know, the joy and happiness of having a sweet treat. <laughs> um, so I'd say just, and those are just like off the top of my head, but just think about what you give people outside of what you give people. Absolutely. And also think about, um, yeah, think about my brain. My brain is farted. I think that that's good. <laughs> Great. In the meantime, I'm just going to flag some of the things folks are saying as you, as you plug in there. Um, and, uh, and I'll just go through here in the chat box and then we can accumulate them and speak about them afterwards. So um, transition, I'm transitioning into software engineer. Okay, perfect. I read that one already. Uh, instead of going to university, I've done multiple internships and worked with companies for free, but I want to go full time and get paid. Great. We talked about that one. Mm -hmm. All right. I have a private message here. I'm going through a similar situation as Sarah. I was furloughed in March due to COVID and I'm job searching. I definitely experience imposter syndrome when job searching and when attempting to customize my cover letter for my strengths and transferable skills. Do you want to talk about that one a little bit, Mandy? No, I think we've oh, got a delay. You're skipping for me. Oh, okay. Hello, hello. Are you there? We can hear you. Yes, I'm here. Sorry, I had a little. Okay, good. <laughs> okay, so um, the second half after she said her, something about her cover letter, that's where I stopped hearing you. No worries. Um, so sh uh, she's saying that in March she got furloughed due to COVID and now she's job searching. Um, I definitely experience imposter syndrome when job searching and when attempting to customize my cover letter for my strengths and transferable skills. Um, so do you have any advice for this person who is currently job searching? They were furloughed because of COVID and they're having trouble transferring their skills uh, to look for, for work. Yeah. Okay. I'd say definitely just oversell yourself. Maybe if it helps, imagine that you're writing a cover letter for like your very best friend with your specific set of experiences. Um, 
And then what was the second part? I'm sorry. <laughs> no, it's okay. Just, just how to transfer her skills um, for, for, for her job search. I'm just going to read through a couple more here. So okay, that we can thank you. Oh, real quick. The second thing I was going to say is there are people that are making like 10 times the amount of money that you are making with a percentage of the talent and skills that you have because they're just like unapologetically asking for it and going for it. Awesome. Okay, so Kalu here writes, I'm trying to see where to go in my career, seeking a new job. I'm 33 from Latin America. I'm a graphic designer. I've done UI, UX, branding, advertising, photography, public speaking, and she's a university teacher uh, and calligrapher. I've, I've, I've done a lot because the local market demands it. So it's very hard to focus and decide where to move on. Uh, I know a lot, but feel like even with my strong background, I still feel like I'm not enough. Did you want to comment on that one? Absolutely. And I feel like there's, I'm going to have the same answer to another one of the questions down the way, but um, clarity follows action. So if there are a lot of things that you're good at and you want to pursue many things, but you can't really figure out where to center that, just pick one of your favorite things that doesn't have to be the thing that you do forever, your end all be all, but it might lead you to an experience that'll introduce you to somebody or like just things will unfold and eventually it'll lead you down the path of where you are supposed to be. But just get started on something that you enjoy and then it'll take you where you need to go. Great. And then Jennifer here writes, I've had the experience of trying new things and failing forward, uh, falling forward and failing forward as I learn. I totally get that it's part of the process, but how to deal with comments like, I told you that you shouldn't have tried to do that. Mm, okay. So I actually wrote a blog post about that. There are different people in your life that are going to be naysayers when you're doing something big and scary. And the reason why is because they're projecting their own insecurities and fears onto you. It's disguised as well-meaning advice, but really what it is, is you are making them, you're forcing them to reflect on the things that they are too afraid to go for themselves. So when you start doing these things, they're going to start, you know, giving you little drops of discouragement because they're freaked out and they're also feeling bummed that they didn't, that they weren't able to try it themselves. And also they're afraid of you changing because they don't want to lose you as you are. <laughs> so just see it for what it is and keep going, girl. <laughs> Thank you for that, Mandy. Okay, so Amanda here writes, uh, what do you all suggest about feeling something like imposter syndrome because you don't fit the usual boxes? For instance, most of us who career pivot learn to highlight our transferable skills, but you still feel on the back foot because your primary job title or role might not have been a this. Uh, yet you did that work and have those skills. Uh, you sense that doubt even when you don't know, even when you know yourself. So uh, what about that? I'd say with resume writing, it's all about how you word your experiences. So just oversell, oversell. Like I said, the way you would if you were writing a resume or cover letter for a, like your best friend or your sister or something. <laughs> and also just accept that you're always going to feel a little bit like an imposter. <laughs> Okay, and then another comment here. For anyone venturing into software engineering, please work on taking courses through Coursera or Udemy and showcase your skill on GitHub. When you can showcase your programming skill, it really is uh, easy to present your best side. Software engineering means learning every day. Uh, as long as you are on board with it, it will come to you. Good luck. Thank you so much for adding that there in the chat box. Um, great. That's so awesome. let's move yeah, so let's move on to this next question here. And again, if this is your question that you see coming up on the screen, feel free to chime in. Uh, did you have a light bulb moment or a flash of clarity? What gave you the drive to get past your hurdles? I mean, I have had, I've had a handful, a handful of light bulb moments or moments of clarity. I even have a tattoo of a light bulb on my hand or on my arm because of that. But um, I just, because of the way I grew up, I grew up with very limited means and I've always been very creative and a dreamer. So I just have been bred to have grit and resilience and just to see beyond my current situation. And that is just the thing that has always pushed me and given me 
drive. But there have been a few things, there have been a few times in my life where I was doing something that I thought that I wanted, but really it was just like to look good and not because I was following my passion. So I had a few like out of body, like, wait, why is this my life? Let's change it <laughs> moments. Yeah, I'd love if to that. dive into there because I feel like a lot of folks uh, are, are more inclined to not go with their passion. And then, then you know, that brings up some sort of imposter syndrome uh, versus someone who is going with their passion and, and having to deal with, you know, maybe someone that has, you know, a college degree and they don't and feeling imposter syndrome in that way. So how can you kind of talk about passion uh, and, and elevating that to, to support your, your confidence, essentially? Right. Okay. So this is kind of, <clears throat> excuse me. What happened with me is when I was about 29, I opened up a vintage boutique, which is something really outrageous and really brave and really scary and like a dream come true fantasy life, right? For somebody whose dream is to open up a vintage boutique. That was not necessarily my dream. I really love the branding aspect of it and the curating but I hated being a retail employee shopkeep and I was always away from my son and I'm just like a creative. So I like to kind of, you know, go in and out where I please <laughs> anyway. So when that didn't do well, um, obviously I felt really like a failure, but, um, I just had a tug this whole time that I just wanted to be involved in photography as my profession and not just as a side hobby. And, um, as soon as I allowed that, for my life, just everything kind of unfolded for me. Everything was just happening for me and working out and the universe or whatever you call it was just providing because I was in flow of what I, what I was supposed to be doing. <laughs> I love that. Being in flow definitely helps uh, overcome imposter syndrome. I, I can attest to that as well. Yeah. All right. Mm -hmm. Next question here. I know I'm good at what I do, but I'm always second guessing myself and trying to get every single detail figured out before I dive in. Is there a way I can tell the difference between doing my due diligence and just taking the planning too far? Yeah, like I said before, done is better than perfect. And you just really need to reflect like, am I spending too much time on this because I am afraid and I want it to take longer because I am seeking this level of perfectionism that I will never attain? <laughs> or am I like really just taking my time on it to make a great product? Um, so I'd say, just reflect on that. I do that myself. When I created a course, I spent quarantine creating a course called Six Figure Feed. And when I got very close to the end, I just found myself weirdly fine tuning things that were unnecessary. And I had to give myself a deadline because I could play that game forever too. So I get it, but that's what that is. <laughs> perfectionism right <laughs> mm -hmm. yep fear all right so let's move on to this next question how do you talk about your achievements without feeling like you don't deserve them I've never really had a plan to follow so in a lot of ways it just feels like I got here accidentally even if you did get there accidentally that is phenomenal that is amazing that you got there accidentally and I think that's something to be proud of but just like own it, fake it until you make it, you know, pretend like you feel it until you do feel it. Like for me personally, I will look in the mirror every day and I will say things to myself that I don't always believe, you know, like you're beautiful. You've got this money flows to you. And I don't always feel like that, but the more I say it, the more I feel it and the more I live it. So just lie to yourself until <laughs> it's not a lie anymore. Cause it's not a lie anymore. You just, you know, have trouble accepting it sounds like. And I'd love to hear, I mean, we've got some folks writing in the chat box here about the law of attraction and, you know, they're supporting each other and in, in their multifaceted skills. So I, I'd love to hear from some of our live callers as well. Um, how are you all dealing with fear? How are you all dealing with perfectionism? Um, especially imposter syndrome now, everyone is, you know, kind of stuck behind their computers. And I'm sure at least here in, I'm in Buenos Aires, which is a, a very big city here in, in Argentina. Um, you know, we're kind of confined in between four walls and it's hard to get out into nature to get that inspiration. How are you all currently during COVID dealing with imposter syndrome? I know that you're here on the call now, but give us some, some tips and tricks here. So here uh, someone has written, uh, I have my wall covered in very specific affirmations and quotes. Awesome. Please feel free to share some if you'd like. 
Um, very positive vibes and it helps inspire all around difficult times. Okay, so listening to these chats for on Power to Fly, thank you for, for adding that. Uh, Jennifer writes, I'm going to school online. So on the upside, it's giving me time and space to focus. Yes, awesome. This is also a good time to start researching and, 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 and you know, reworking different ways to see the world. I'm also doing that as well. Um, so keep that coming in the chat box. Um, I've got a private message here that I'm gonna flag. Uh, I'm a software engineer and have worked on the same level as many more uh, senior engineers on my team. I feel like I'm starting my career working at a discounted rate. I'm now looking for a new job. I'm worried about not being able to break out of that discount rate uh, that among other things <laughs> feeds my imposter syndrome. Do you want to talk about that, Mandy? Yeah, I mean, so I'm a creative. I don't know a whole lot about the software engineer world. So I'm just going to apply this to my um, like creative industry knowledge. <laughs> um, I would say first, get your portfolio built up. Do, do the hard work that it takes to get like those um, credentials. And once you've done your work, just present yourself at a number that's a little bit more uncomfortable for you. Because when people are willing to pay you more, they are going to value what you do more. And everybody's going to be happier because that exchange is taking place. That's a little bit uncomfortable for both of you. So you're going to perform better. They're going to value what you're doing more. So just do it. Great. Yes, great advice. And we've got some folks here writing in the chat box about how they're staying, you know, on top of their um, self-confidence uh, during COVID. So uh, Maria writes, I have a best friend that works as an amazing soundboard. She's honest and gives me clear feedback. Awesome. Uh, Stephanie here writes, when you feel like quitting, think about why you started. I have this uh, inspiring poster on my study work desk. Awesome. Um, great. So keep them coming. Uh, you know, we're learning all together uh, and, and I really appreciate everyone for, for chiming in with how they are surviving not right now during COVID. Um, let's move on to this next uh, question here. So as a woman in STEM, I've had to learn to work within a system that requires the opinions of generally male peers to review and validate my work. Uh, while I venerate the logic behind the peer review process, it definitely feeds my own imposter syndrome. Is there a way to handle these feelings professionally or will my commitment to this field always come at the cost of my own insecurities? Um, if that is something that you continue to feed, then yes. But I think that what you need to just really reflect on is that feeling insecure and feeling like an imposter at first is very, very normal, especially for women. These men are most likely not experiencing any of that. So that means that you need to kind of like peacock a bit, you know? <laughs> so just like be a little bit bigger and a little bit tougher, lower your voice when you speak if you have to, just be like that much more of a tough badass and they'll respond to it and they'll be like, oh, you can't fuck with her. No, sorry, <laughs> mess with her. <laughs> okay, so let's move on to this next one here. Uh, what are the most effective ways that you sat with difficult feelings? I love this question. Difficult feelings like what? Like imposter syndrome or I guess anything. Yeah. Yeah. I'm, I'm assuming just feelings that maybe you don't want to approach or you don't want to, you know, work through. Mm -hmm. I mean, this is something that I personally struggle with a lot because as a creative or as an artist, when people don't like what I am um, giving to them, it's like a reflection on my own personal art. And that kind of feels sometimes like a blow to myself as a human. And also there's like a lot of hustling and a lot of like, talking myself into things a lot. And sometimes, you know, I have anxiety and depression. So sometimes I do feel just really, I have low lows that match the high highs, you know? So what I've decided or what started to work for me is just to allow myself to take a break when I need it and let it be okay that I need a break because your rest time is just as important as your hard work time because you can't pour from an empty cup. Um, and also somebody on my Instagram suggested like when it's time to get started again, sometimes I get this kind of like fear after feeling like I put things off or took a break I didn't deserve. I have a hard time getting back into the work. So somebody suggested that I write down a to-do list and also a scared to-do list. And then it helps me just like accept that some of these things are scary and then it's easier to tackle. <laughs> so I don't know if yeah. that was too off. <laughs> 
no, I'll I find a chance. Well, first, thank you for sharing that you personally work through, you know, um, some emotional imbalance that I think that we all are, especially now feeling if we haven't in our lives before. Um, it, anxiety, I mean, with technology, of course, and with work, especially, and being, you know, a diverse person in the workplace or not, and having all of these, you know, racial issues coming up at work or in the world, you know, and these really, these, these, these really hot topics that affect our emotions and how we can either give our best or decide to, you know, retreat. I love that you're saying give, give yourself time to retreat so that you can pour from a full cup. I love that, that statement yeah. there. Someone just said also to write a to feel list. And I think that is awesome because it's so easy to set your feelings aside and just like expect yourself to be a robot and a beast and just get, get it done. But it's like, no, I feel anxious, you know, like let myself, you know, break down why I feel anxious or feel mm -hmm. sad. Why? And also if you don't struggle with clinical depression or anxiety, that doesn't mean that any of these feelings that you're having are any less valid. Everybody has lows. Everybody feels depressed. Everybody feels anxious. So I see Maria, you put the 10, 10, 10 rule. I don't know about that. Do you want to hop off mute and let us know? Now what is that? <laughs> so it's, uh, it's a way for making tough decisions. So when you're, when you are struggling with something and you're trying to figure out what you're going to do, the idea is that you start thinking about, okay, how will I feel about this 10 minutes from now? How about 10 months from now? And how about 10 years from now? So what it does is that it gives you really good perspective about the impact Ooh. that that decision is going to have in your life. And that will help you realize if you're really just buzzing or if it is something important. That's awesome. I'm going to remember that. I love that. And have you used this technique? <laughs> have you used this technique before, Maria? Yes. Yes. I've used it several times because I'm I'm really anxious and I tend to drown in a glass of water. So these kinds of things help me like get out of that of the glass and look at the whole picture and realize, hey, this is not yes. Absolutely. I, I love that you are bringing this up. And she actually uh, dropped the link there for those of you who are on the, on the call now. You can access that and do some more research there. I love looking at things from that macro level as well, right? So sometimes it's like we're in it and it's just like it's so visceral and it seems like we are just drowning in whether it be anxiety or imposter syndrome or, you know, these kind of really overwhelming feelings that really keep us from doing a good job or, or, or you know, owning our passion. Um, and so having this macro view, like you said, Maria, to do this, like, well, in 10 minutes and 10 months and 10 years, you know, is this just going to be something that can roll off or is this something I really need to, you know, retreat and go back in and, 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 and make some changes there. Thank you for, for bringing that up. A great rule to apply to relationships too. Absolutely. Absolutely. And, and speaking about relationships, um, on one of the interviews I had a couple of weeks ago, I love that people are, are starting to think of work as relationship and partnerships. It's not just like someone needs to hire you and they need you or you need them. It's like, we need each other. So let's consider this to be a partnership instead of, uh, you know, a, a, a high ranking or low ranking role. Right. So I think that that also gives you some power um, to say, I want to make sure this is a good fit for me too. <laughs> All right, so let's mm -hmm. move on to the next question here. Uh, is there a way to market yourself realistically without using social media? Yes. So I myself am a social media strategist, but I love marketing in general. And I think at least as an entrepreneur, the best way to market is network and also find um, find businesses that have a target demographic that is the same as your own, but they do something completely different and think about how your businesses can benefit each other. So like maybe a boudoir photographer and a lingerie boutique would go really well hand in hand or like, um, I don't know, a party planner and a cake maker would go really well hand in hand. So, and those are just off the top of my head out of nowhere. There are so many people that need each other, like you just said, and the more you um, reach out to these people, the more they'd be willing to give you a word of mouth reference. Basically, social media is kind of like a word of mouth reference. So um, that's kind of what we're trying to cultivate, especially if you get in um, a smaller area. So let's think if you live in a big city, um, focus on a 
neighborhood in the big city or like a street in that neighborhood in the big city and just connect with all of those businesses. And the more people are reintroduced to your brand and your face, the more you're going to look like a big deal and the more they're going to think about booking you for whatever it is you do. Yeah, I'd love for you to even talk more. I know you know a lot about social media and branding. Uh, can you maybe talk a little bit more about that and how someone can use that to leverage uh, to, to in a healthy way, balance maybe some imposter syndrome with confidence? Um, I know some people speak about, um, you know, maybe blogging and sharing that so that, you know, they are empowering themselves uh, to, to show the education that they have versus seeking it elsewhere. Um, do you have any tips or tricks on how to leverage social media or maybe branding a little more? Yes, absolutely. So I, what I personally think and what works for me is establishing a personal connect that follow you on that. They are following your brand or your business because they want to see a behind the scenes story behind the person behind the business. They want to know what your why is and they want to know you as a person because it's social networking. So getting in front of your followers as much as possible, pictures of your, your own face as much as possible and allowing yourself to be vulnerable as much as possible. doesn't always mean um, being vulnerable in the way that I personally like to be vulnerable. Like it's very therapeutic for me to share intimate details about my life or show like my body and the flaws on my body and talk about it. That's therapeutic for me and that's how I connect with people. But if being vulnerable to you is just being funny in the way that you would be funny with people close to you, telling a joke you wouldn't tell at, in a board meeting or like, just being really transparent in your own personality. That's vulnerability. You have to be airing out your personal dirty laundry if you don't want it to be. And I think that that's a really great way to connect with people. They learn to like you and love you. And that's what set you apart from the thousands, hundreds, millions of other people doing exactly what it is that you do. And I love that some folks here are writing and in the chat box. you don't have to have a million followers. Just yeah, totally. Totally. Leveraging your community, whether it be people, you know, online, maybe you haven't met before, and especially uh, folks that you do know and having and bouncing ideas and, and getting their feedback. Uh, they, they might know you better than you think you know yourself as far as, you know, how you present yourself and what you seem to be spending more time in um, so that they can remind you, like, remember when you were talking about this five years ago and now you're here, you know, they, they can kind of uh, really help you see that macro perspective of, of, uh, of yourself um, as you are in the thick of things. Um, uh, and I just, I'm just flagged some, some comments here that I have in the chat box. So Jennifer writes, my experience of transitioning into STEM is that most men are now open to having women in these fields. I have unfortunately encountered some men and women who still follow those outdated ideas, but I would suggest going somewhere else in those cases because the whole world isn't like that anymore often you can determine a company's attitude during the first interview. Um, Jennifer, I'd love to hear more feedback if you wanna come off of mute and, and speak to that. Otherwise, Mandy, I'd love to hear you speak about just kind of that first impressions with interviews and how to um, you know, make sure that if you are a underrepresented voice uh, in the working world, how to make sure that you can you know, help your voice shine in that position. I'd say don't be afraid to treat it, like you said earlier, like a partnership because they do need what you provide for them. And I think it's more than okay to ask them questions about like how the environment is for women or people of color or like their policies on treating everybody with respect. I think that's more than okay and the right people will respect you for it. And if they don't, then next. <laughs> Great. Okay. So let's see. I think some folks here are talking about the interview process. So I'm just curious to know, because some of you are on the line, are currently looking for work. Um, some of you might be pivoting. Uh, let me know in the chat box just a little more if you want to hop off of mute as well so that we can really see how to walk through some of these, um, you know, maybe these imposter syndrome situations that are coming up because they, they show their face in different masks. And, you know, I'm, I, between all of us here on the call, I know that we can probably 
you know, encourage each other. Um, and with that said, as you're writing in the chat box more about your journey, um, I'll also invite you all to write in the chat box how you want people to connect with you on social. I know that some of you uh, are writing here about social media in the chat box. So if you prefer to be con connected, you know, with on LinkedIn or on Instagram or on Facebook, uh, you can write that in the chat box and maybe Nicole can and uh, we'll put that uh, doc in, in the chat box as well so we can keep it organized. Um, great. So in the meantime, I have another question here in the chat box from Jess. How do you get past ageism with imposter syndrome, but sort of in reverse, feeling too young and not good enough? Um, that's interesting. You know, I feel like the baby boomers have been in charge of everything for so long, but the younger generation, we have been raised with computers. We have been raised with all of the information in the world at our fingertips on smartphones. We have advantages to them that they couldn't even fathom if they tried. And I think that right now they're really starting to realize that just like, for example, social media knowledge, we kind of just know it automatically because we've been on MySpace since we were like, you know, 12, 15, 17, you know, um, and they just have missed the train and they're, I think, starting to really value our perspective. So just be confident about that and know that about yourself and use it to your advantage. Absolutely. Uh, okay, so Nicole here has written in the chat box. There's a doc there that everyone can write their 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 preferred ways of connecting there. Um, and then, you know, I like to put these practices uh, into place as soon as you know we we leave the chat so that we're not just kind of speaking in the air and nothing happens. So, you know, if you do want to connect with folks here that are joining us live, you know, add your add your preferred way uh, there in the doc. Um, and let's you know keep this. Let's start to put these things into practice now. So encouraging each other and maybe using each other uh, as support systems on social media, especially now during COVID that we're all kind of stuck behind the computer. Um, okay, so I have a question here from Hillary. Uh, what do you do if you're just starting something and you are not yet an expert? How do you sell yourself? For example, I was asked to present a Fortune 500 for many people and I have only less than 85 people and I'm feeling who the hell am I that they should, and they should use somewhere, someone else. So I'll read that again. What do you do if you're just starting something and you are not yet an expert? How do you sell yourself? For example, I was asked to present to a Fortune 500 for many people and I have only less than 85 people. And I'm feeling who the hell am I and they should do someone else. They should hire someone else. What do you have to say about that? Um, are you well, if they hire yeah, you, okay, then Sorry. they want you. Oh. No, 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 go ahead. It, 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 go ahead. I, I, um, I'm sorry. I took it off mute because I wasn't sure who she was talking to first. Please go ahead. Oh, Actually, no, I'd love to hear. I want to hear. Yeah, I'd love, we'd love to hear from you. <laughs> so for me, yeah. it's basically, um, I have 25 years doing what I do. And in the last few years, we started a coaching platform. Um, I've actually done workshops on, uh, I, we did a workshop for Power to Fly actually myself and my partner, my coaching partner. But recently we had somebody call us uh, and say, hey, can you do something for a major Fortune 500 company? It'd be over a thousand people. And I was like, what? No way, you're out of your mind. And I was like, I've only spoken to as many as 85 people. I can't imagine, why are you calling me first of all? Like, I cannot be that person. Like, there's just no way. You're good. There's gotta be like 10 other people out there or hundreds and thousands of other people out there that can or have spoken to that many people about work-life balance. I'm like, I don't even have balance in my own life. Now I know what I would talk about and I know what I'm passionate about right now, which is emotional intelligence. And I would, I know that that's the angle I would go, but I still feel like I'm smoke and mirrors a lot. And I feel like I, which is fine. I feel like you have to fake it to make it sometimes, but uh, I'm curious how you, what you would have to say to somebody like me about, cause I, I'm struggling with it. Yeah, I'm actually excited to answer this question. <laughs> um, first of all, you know, you know your stuff. So grace them with what you have to say because you do know what you're talking about. And also just think about the thousands of people. Don't think about the thousands of people that are more qualified than you. Think about the thousands of people that are so much less qualified than you and just out there killing it and doing this all the time. Because they, 
aren't letting like their fear hold them back. Mm -hmm. And you're going to feel uncomfortable. That's part of it. Especially if it's like your first big one and then your next big one, you'll feel a little bit more comfortable. And before you know it, you're going to be like, yeah, this is my, this is my thing. Yeah. Call me. <laughs> well, they might not pick me because they told, she said she's submitting me as a strong recommendation, but there are other people being considered. But the truth is, is mm -hmm. that I guess I have, I guess what happens is I like what you said about think about all the other people that might not be as qualified or they are, but they're not letting it hold them back. I think that that's the, that's a really great point. Thank you for that. Because yeah, I, think I, I forget about that. And I think that's really important. So thank you for that. Absolutely. And then Hillary, I'll also say that, uh, Emotional intelligence is such an important topic and it's so new, even though it's, it's not new, right? We're born with it. We just learn how to not approach it. Mm -hmm. So I think that you're in such a, a fertile territory right now to really make it your own, uh, obviously approaching emotional intelligence with authenticity as mm -hmm. is key. But I think that you have a lot of power just in that, you know, in that perspective. Um, I, I love that topic as well. And I'm finding that within my own research and the way that I, that I speak about emotional intelligence as well. But good luck. Rock it out. You've got people here yeah. in the chat box talking you on as well. So Hillary, yeah. go for it. Thank you so much. <laughs> I know. I wish I, could, I wish I could witness it. <laughs> Thank you. All right, so we've got about just a little over 10 minutes left. Um, let's move into these next questions here and then I will open the floor to see if anyone else wants to come off of mute. So I've always felt silly trying mantras or verbal affirmations. Do you have any habits to deal with self-doubt either in the moment or leading up to a big moment or meeting? Mm -hmm. I mean, have you ever heard of doing like power postures? Sometimes on my way to meet somebody like in the elevator or something, I'll stand with my arms outstretched and my fingers wide. <laughs> That's one thing that I do. Oh. Yeah, I've heard of power postures um, and I, I'm a firm, I mean, I, I was trying to be a performance artist. So I really love to, you know, allow the body to help me express myself if I can't find the words. And I really find them helpful. I don't necessarily use power postures, but I, I do within dance and performance work. So I know that it's definitely helpful. Um, and I love that when it was, you know, trending a couple of years ago to just do this before yes. we can really know the exact um, movement and motion. But uh, Mandy, we did see you before you went off. Okay, good. And that's not my only, um, my only solution. I'm a big mantra, positive affirmation person. And I also recognize that it's stupid to do it first. Like it feels silly to be like, I am enough. I've got this, but you've got to do it even though it feels silly because it activates something in your brain. And I think also just recognizing and accepting that it's okay to not feel ready yet because usually when you first do something you're going to feel a little bit not worthy you're going to feel a little unprepared you're going to feel like doubting yourself and the more you do it the more you'll be comfortable with that but at first it's always going to feel scary and weird and foreign and that's okay and then hillary wrote here and fucking first times by Brene brown <laughs> Okay, so um, I've got some folks here that are commenting here. Listening to a guided meditation with the affirmations helps too, instead of just hearing your own voice. Um, also, taking some public speaking classes can be very empowering. Um, and then I have a question here, a private question, regarding uh, yeah. dealing with anxiety versus imposter syndrome. How do you know when you're, you're dealing with either anxiety or imposter syndrome? I mean, a certain amount of anxiety is natural for people, for human beings. Um, our brains are, our brains are made to keep us safe. They're made to do a little spark of fear when you're in a dangerous situation, like in a dark alleyway or like in the ocean and the waves are getting a little too big. And that's great. And that's what our fear is for. But also, um, you know, in the caveman times, we didn't have any kind of creativity. We didn't have the kinds of things now that spark fear in us. It's just because it's new and unknown that activates our lizard brains to kind of like say danger, danger. So I think just like breaking it down and realizing what's happening um, and being like, you know, we don't need this right now, brain. <laughs> I'm just 
applying for a job. I'm not, we're not walking into a dark alleyway with a murderer behind us or whatever. There's not a saber tooth tiger chasing us down. It's just, I'm trying to sell a painting, you know? <laughs> uh, and something that I like to do, so I, someone here mentioned taking public speaking classes as well. Something that I'm offering is our, uh, it's a free voice masterclass workshop where you get to understand your voice and speak with your, with your true voice. Because of course we know that societal norms either ask women to speak a certain way, probably, you know, uh, over generationally speaking, of course, you know, the quieter you are, the smaller you are, the more unseen you are, the better, right? But now we're, you know, we know that that is not true. Um, but we can still see that maybe we aren't speaking with our full power, which is why some of these power poses helps. Um, but I will say that one thing that I, that I often teach in these workshops is an easy way, Mandy, that you were speaking of this, this like, you know, you're not being attacked in the alley, for example. We have our survival breath and we have our deep belly breathing. That should be where our normal breathing comes from, right? So if you are feeling anxious or you're feeling like maybe you're dealing with some imposter syndrome, a great way to, to, to gauge that is to put your hand on your chest and on your belly and see which one is moving more. If, you're, if your chest is moving more, you're, you're in survival breath, which you don't really need survival breath unless someone pushes you in the water or, you know, you are being attacked in an alley because that is, you know, oxygen going to your body to keep you alert so that you can survive. Otherwise, we need to be having deep belly breathing, right? So um, I would encourage you all to, to kind of do that check-in if you're feeling like you're anxious or, or dealing with some imposter syndrome to check in with your breath. And if it is the survival breath coming from the chest, just invite it to come down to your belly so that you can have more clarity. It also keeps your mind a little more quiet so that you don't have to be against yourself when everyone else is also against you in that moment if you feel that way. So that's just my little two cents there that I'll, I'll approach that, that question with. Yeah, that's great. All right, so we've got just about seven more minutes left. Um, I want to answer this question here, and then I'll open it up for our live callers to come off mute. So um, I've never been big into long-term plans, but big ideas aren't accomplished overnight, and failure stings worse uh, than my dread of planning. <laughs> Do you have any tips or long-range goal setting uh, for those of us more used to flying by the seats of our pants? Yeah. Um First of all, like failure is a bummer and it hurts like nothing else. I, I'm the biggest failure out there, but I've also accomplished a lot because I've accepted that's a part of the journey. Um, <laughs> but don't let it hold you back. And my tips for long-term, long-range goal setting, goal setting <laughs> is um, break it down into little easily bite-sized pieces. Sitting down to write an entire novel is very overwhelming and scary and you're going to procrastinate. Sitting down to write a paragraph or a page of your novel, that's something that you could do right now in the next 30 minutes. If you do that every day, then eventually you're going to have a whole book, right? Absolutely. And journaling is one of my best friends. Uh, it's not a physical person, but it's like, I feel like my journal knows me more than I do myself sometimes. But just to start <laughs> off writing, editing the brain and getting all of that out and not even looking at it uh, and just kind of, you know, yeah. some space so that we can focus on our passion. Yes, I have another one too. This is a good one. When you have a lot on your mind and you have a lot of goals and you can't like pick which one to do first, just brain dump it all on the page and then everything on your page, um, prioritize it from like one to five in terms of what needs to be done first. And then you can, from there, put it on your calendar in a timely manner. And then before you know it, you've got a plan. You've got a place to put everything and you have it in your calendar and out of your brain. <laughs> Absolutely. Okay, so we've got about five more minutes left. Um, if you have not had a chance to write in the chat box or take yourselves off of mute, now is your time to shine before we end this chat. So I'll, I'll hold for a light pause so that you can unmute yourself here and, and speak. Sometimes that works. Okay, so if not, Mandy, can you take us out with some food for thought? Let us know how we can connect with you. Um, and you know, you can feel free to use these next couple of minutes to, to, to talk about whatever you'd like to talk about so that we can leave here feeling empowered and, and you know, being able to work through our imposter syndrome, especially during these crazy times. Okay, yeah, great. Um, just know right now that internet, internet engagement is up by 300%. 
So if you have an internet-based business, right now is the time to just really get active in there. Um, and online sales are up by like 76%, I think, from like 70-something billion last year. <laughs> so right now is a great time for online marketing. I have um, a course called Six Figure Feed to teach female entrepreneurs or entrepreneurs in general how to use their following um, and convert their followers into customers. But if that's not your spiel, um, you could still come out and hang out with me anyway at Mandy underscore Clementine um, on Instagram. And I just have a passion for helping and um, just inspiring pushing people that just feel like they can't do whatever it is that they are set out to do because I know how much that hurts and I know that no matter what your background is it's something that you could conquer or like learn to work with so come hang out with me and be my friend and I'll follow you back <laughs> awesome thank you all so much so um, I see that we've got some folks here uh, that are, are, are with their cameras on and they're smiling a little bit and I feel like I want to probe you a little bit to see if anyone wants to come off of me. We've got a couple more minutes and I don't want to be pushy, but I do want to hear from you all. Um, so if you all hey. have any, ah, perfect, go for it. Hey, I just wanted to thank you for being here. Not only you, Mandy and Mariela, but all the people in the chat. It's been very empowering as I was talking to Rashida and I don't remember the name right now, but it's very empowering being here here and the fact that I am not alone feeling all of this horrible thoughts and all that circle of anxiety that comes with imposter syndrome but it's very cool and I'm very grateful to have this small safe space that it's very much needed in for women we as women need these spaces so I am very thankful for being able to be here and listen to you guys and share and I left my LinkedIn and my my mail and my Instagram if you want to come along and be friends and we can do chats and stuff I'm very grateful to find a safe place safe places are always important for us women Absolutely. and I'm I'm here for any of you guys if you ever need somebody to like cheer you on please DM me I'm happy happy to do it <laughs> can I yeah. ask you a question Go for it. I have a question. Uh, it's Hillary. Sorry. Um, do you, do you, you know, I noticed when I went on your Instagram, there was something that makes me think about that you do pot. Do you do body positivity too? Mm -hmm. Yep. You do. And do you do workshops yes. on it or do you just, no. or is it just about your Instagram? Yeah, it's just something that's passionate, um, a passion of mine, because I feel like if we have issues with, hating our own bodies, it's kind of a really big distraction to keep us small. And I think once you find peace with that and learn to like love yourself unapologetically, first of all, it gives other women the um, permission to love themselves unapologetically. And also it just helps you to like get that out of the way so you could go take over the world like the dudes have been doing. <laughs> no, yeah, no, I noticed that on your Instagram right away. And that's really wonderful because I'd seen a therapist one day and she said, um, Stop looking at the people that look perfect and look at the people that are sharing their like truths. Like the people online that like put all the glossy stuff on and make themselves like, look at the people that are showing body positivity. Don't look at the keto times a hundred every five days, like who have gone and like literally, I will literally stay on Instagram and look, and this has a lot to do with imposter syndrome or walking into an inch, like if I were to ever have to go in an interview, which I don't at this time because I have a business, but it's true. What you're doing is be, it branches out on top of imposter syndrome and into this body positivity, which I think is a really beautiful thing. Yeah. yeah a lot you. of people will let that hold them back. They'll say like, I don't want to do this until I've lost weight. I don't want to take clients because they'll think that I'm too fat or too old or too whatever. And it's just yeah. bullshit. <laughs> you know, yeah. it's nobody, we're all human beings. And we're all beautiful. And the more scars you have, the more of a journey you've had, and the more like grit and badassery you've got, right? <laughs> yes, yes. Thank I'm you so much. I'm so more proud of myself in my life now compared to when I was 22 and looked hot in a bikini, you know? <laughs> I want to be this, Mandy. 
And I just want to chime in here and say thank you so much, Mandy. Thanks, Hillary. And obviously, thanks to everyone for chiming in and coming off of mute. I always love this. And sorry, if you don't know who I am, I'm Nicole, and I'm, I'm running the chat loan program at Power to Fly. I'm practically on every chat. But I want to respond to you, Kalu, and say thank you for saying that. You know, one of the things that I've been really trying to do is create this space and have a lot of these conversations about imposter syndrome and body positivity and including chats about ageism and now we're extending into chats in Spanish and so you know Lauren did a really fantastic job who's my manager who created this program and she really created the space and now I'm just taking this and trying to you know, bring more inclusivity there and topics. And, you know, because I think the personal, you can't talk about professional without talking about the personal. They go hand in hand, especially if you're a working parent, you know, I know that more than ever now. Um, so, you know, um, thank you for saying that. That really means a lot. And I'm so happy to see you here. And so I just want to shout out, you know, uh, thanks, Mariella, for letting me, you know, come off mute here. But uh, we have uh, Allyship to Impact coming up on Thursday. So we'll be doing fun networking. Um, we're going to have over 50 anti-racist leaders who are coming to speak about different topics. And then we also have tons of chats coming coming up. We have one about body positivity. Um, tomorrow we have one about the anxiety of being married to your career. So career versus having kids, you know, talking about this, changing the narrative, how to accept rejection and move past it. So we have tons of going on. So, uh, you know, go to Power to Fly, check them out. Um, but I was just really inspired to share a little bit of that because of you, Kalu. So thank you so much. And thank you everyone for being here. And now I'm gonna go off mute and let Mariella take us away. <laughs> oh, beautiful. I love all of the, the voices that are sharing their, their opinions and their feedback and supporting each other. So thank you for making this a beautiful hour. Thank you, Mandy, for joining us today. Um, and I look forward to seeing you all on another chat. Take care. Bye. Absolutely. Thank you.